-hmm. Welcome into Wandering into Wellness. Welcome back. Uh, Lydia and Finn here as per usual and today we have a fantastic guest who I've been reeling in slowly <laughs> over the years. We're there, we made it, Jamie Heaslip, um, who is obviously everybody knows Jamie Heaslip, everyone's watching this podcast. Um, it'll be rare to find a human, it's a bit like kind of saying, yeah, I don't know who Michael Jackson is, like Jamie's obviously <laughs> ex-Ireland rugby captain uh, in a much better reference, obviously. But your name is like, you know, your, na your name hasn't just kind of shrunk post-rugby. It's become actually bigger post-rugby. It's like people know you in spheres that they never would have known you before. The business sphere, obviously, in, in, in a massive way and in tech. And it's, it's a really interesting thing because I think one of the main reasons we wanted to have you on is because I read this, the, your letter to yourself um, last year, two years ago now, almost, almost, I think. Two years ago, um, yeah. 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 And so... And that really triggered something in me because I saw this reflective capacity and this person who was really having a moment to kind of look at where they'd come to so far. And like, we're almost the same age. And yet you were looking back at a career you'd already finished and mm. you were into a new one. And I'm like halfway through or starting off or whatever it is in my own life. And I was like, it just felt there was a really interesting intersection there where you were coming out of one thing and going into another. And you were just like, rocketing towards that but kind of going I don't know it felt like you were kind of pumping the brakes and going like okay time to kind of take stock a little bit and it was really yeah. exciting because it, I don't, you don't see rugby players you don't see sports players doing that um yeah well there's I suppose there's a couple of reasons behind behind that it's it very hard for people not just sports people but people in let's say a public forum to even more so nowadays um to to really be authentic and honest i think without being um with, without some echo chamber given off about it mm. you know what i mean and i i think it, particularly when you're in when, when it comes to sport and you're part of a group and you're kind of representing that group and then you're representing what that team means and a lot of people you know have their whole identity wrapped up in wrapped up in in, in that that they take real offense if, if, if you don't meet that um, expectation. So you have to be careful with, with what you say sometimes. And, and sometimes you have to toe the line a little bit. And, and um, you know, there's a bit of a life lesson, I suppose, in that in, in itself. But, um, you know, stepping away when, when, when I finished um, and, and using something like the Sports Chronicle, um, you know, which, 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 which basically is, is not a, you know, the, the, the paper or the editor doesn't get final say on the piece. It's, it's, it's the athlete that gets the final say. And I, I done uh, pieces with them, with the uh, Players Chronicle in um, America as well. And uh, I just really like that format of actually, okay, it's, it's on, this is not going to be someone's interpretation of an interview with me or someone's opinion of, of me. It's going to be my own. Um, and so that, it was, it was a nice kind of cathartic thing to do and reflecting. It was actually the thing that kind of initially when it comes to the, my book I did, I, I, um, I, while playing, I was like, nah, not doing a book, not doing a book, not doing a book. Um, and the, that reflective practice of the, the process of going through that letter was actually what kind of went, you know what, this is kind of opening up something that I, I definitely want to explore and, and um, see if uh, we can make a book out of it, basically, and make it, see if it's an interesting, if there's, if, there's, if there's enough there for a book, yeah. I suppose. And, and it was, that process as well was really nice kind of look back because when you're in it uh, playing, um, it's, it's quite all-consuming. It's quite a selfish thing to be a professional athlete. And um, 
<clears throat> you don't stop. And it's very, it's not a really great thing because you just, you win something and you move forward. It's like, okay, on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And very quickly, your career goes by and you don't realize, you know, what you've achieved or, um, you know, what you did, the highs, the lows, all that sort of thing. Um, you just kind of hop in that treadmill and, and, and you, you keep going until you come off the other end of it. And um, it is a bit of a conveyor belt of a, of a, that's what professional sport is, is a bit of a conveyor belt in terms of athletes coming through. There's always another athlete coming through. Um, but it, it, was, it was a nice process and, and it was a nice to, to kind of stop and look back. And actually when, when doing that helped me like transition I still think I am still transitioning out of rugby, you know what I mean? And, and it's not an easy process for anyone who, who's changing any career um, when you've done one thing for so long. But it, uh, I like the, in a weird way, the letter, doing, doing the letter helped me because it made me quite grateful thinking back over what had happened and, and the, the great things that I experienced that when I actually had to hang it up, not that it was easy, but I was like, oh, you know, and I've had a great, I had a bloody great time uh, was part of some amazing teams that achieved um, some fantastic things, things that, that, that had not been achieved before. And it was really nice to be a part of that. But you know yeah. what? I'm, and I'm not going to be sad that I wasn't sad because I was like loads of players to come through and not have any of that uh, success and, and all that sort of thing. So, I was, I, so it was very nice to kind of, it, it kind of helped me realize, um, kind of magnify that gratitude. And you could actually feel that in the letter because the first few lines, we were reading it back today again. And I was like, I got really sad reading the first few lines because it's like, this thing gets cut short for you. And it's like, you're putting your arm around the shoulder of your younger self and like you're letting him have a little bit of a sob. It's like, listen, buddy, I know you've got super dreams, but actually you're not going to do those things that you're thinking of right now. But what will happen is great anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at, at that time as well, there was, a, there was a lot of change going on because... Um, uh, my wife was pregnant. Yeah, my wife was was pregnant then. Um, we were moving into a new house a couple of months later that we were renovating. Uh, my career was ending. Um, like my career, my contract. I technically I'd still be playing um, today crazy. if uh, I hadn't been injured. Um, but yeah, so there was a lot of change going on and a lot of new things happening. They, they, I think they say like the three most stressful things you can do is. Um, well, change your career, uh, move into a house and yeah. have a child, basically. And I did all, th all three. Well, I didn't have the child now, but um, yeah. all three in the space of six months. Wow. Nine months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a huge shift. And to, like, talk to us about that. Like, do, do you feel like, so I feel like during COVID, a lot of people have been expressing this idea that actually what we're going through is like a grieving process for a life that we now kind of can't have. And I know we don't want to have a COVID chat here. That's not what this is about. But there's an interesting thing when you wrap up a career like that. Do you, like, is there, is there any coaching given to you to allow you to kind of grieve and allow that thing to just move through no. you? And be, no. No. And, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a problem that I think can potentially, like in, in, when, when I think of just our sport, right? Uh, our sport, I mean rugby. Um, it's a, it's something that can potentially mushroom into a bigger problem because um, I'm I'm the first crop to come through what is the the professional system in terms of academy and 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 you go pro and onwards. Um, but and guys are going into that system earlier and earlier. 
and I think they're being in a really weird way, almost kind of institutionalized to be a professional, really good professional rugby player. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of skills that you'll, you will take from that, but no one's really been like RPI, our player association is doing what they can. Um, but I mean, uh, it, you know, in terms of really, you know, preparing people for life after rugby and preparing mm. for life after rugby from a emotional well-being, from a financial well-being, from a physical well-being, um, how they all actually interlink. It's not, you know, you can try and silo them, but like you need them all to be, have a plan around all of them because very quickly things can unravel because you're going from somewhere where you're given literally your schedule uh, every month and be here, do this, bang, bang, bang. You know what I mean? And you get your paycheck every month. You know, you have structure. It's all done for yeah. you. Um, and then literally, like for me, I, I ring the RFU, I tell them I'm finished. And my next point of contact with them is a month later, I get my P45. My, I'm saying, you're, you know, that's your last check from us. You know, wow. and you're kind of like, wow, I've, I've gone from at 21 being paid every month to that's it. <laughs> um, which is, and that's different and then you'd have to make up your own you have to figure out okay what works for you do you need routine do you need consistency do you need to train uh, all these sorts of things um, it's getting better but I think more can be done to, yeah. to answer your question um, yeah. and it took a bit of learning and discovery from my own and I'm still learning and discovering from my own, own side of things it seems to me I have a son um, he's six and like being the mother of a son is such an interesting thing because it kind of a lot of the work that I do is women's work and around supporting women and pregnancy and birth and menstruation and all this kind of stuff. And I had kind of thought, I'll probably have a girl and then it'll be great and I'll teach them all these things that I know about. And then I had a son and it was like, oh, so now I have to think about the other side of that and how can I prepare him for the challenges that he's going to meet, but also how can I prepare him to interact with women in a way that's respectful and um, equal and and all of these things but also to meet that feminine side of himself that not having a girl didn't mean that I wasn't parenting the feminine energy I still had to parent that feminine energy within him whilst respecting him personally and I guess like a question that I would have is that that environment that you were in was such a male dominated environment and how much of that kind of emotional aspect of yourself was coached or was there as a forum for you to be able to speak about feelings or challenges or mental health stuff whilst you were playing um and is there stuff that can be done like where did you find yeah it's it's it's, it's a good question and the best answer is it's fluid right and by (laughs) what i mean by that is that like so the 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 sport itself is um, what it's it's nearly 25 years professional so it's actually quite young professionally so it would have had a lot of let's call it legacy from oh, like traditional uh, or old school ways of thinking mm. or saying or whatever stereotypes whatever which way you want to categorize it um, and it, it I'm not saying that it's it's perfect I'm not um, but it has definitely gotten better and and a lot of a lot of things like mental health for example have been addressed or are getting sorry not being addressed are getting addressed um you know and the rpi in fairness are doing a lot behind that they have really good programs set up in terms of um players talking about the challenges 
and pressures of playing and um, and actually people who are transitioning out of the game as well. Um, and a lot of players have put their hands up and 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 tell their story. Um, and by players as well, just so we're clear, this is both um, the men's game and the women's game because our player association yeah. is all the one. So it's 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 not it's not split out. But we've had players from from both the men's game and the women's game come in and, and kind of tell their story. And um, they're very um, good at actually promoting that into the marketplace, for want of a better word, and, and trying yeah. to make it normal or not normal. You know, make it feel like it isn't something that um you need to bottle up um for one for a better word um, and yeah. my own experience is i was always uh quite comfortable in myself um and um i you know i i've had great i'm very lucky that i i'm the youngest in my in my family and um i have two much older brothers and a much older sister um, they're 12, 10, and eight years older than me. I always say I'm the oh, one who got past the keeper. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, I always had them as kind of a bit of guidance, I suppose. And then uh, one thing they insisted on, it, or one thing they helped on anyway, they all went to single sex schools. And they, actually, I went to a, a mixed school, um, which was very different to them. And I actually think it was something that definitely helped you helped me be a little bit more rounded um, or softened. I don't know. Like, I don't yeah. know what the word, I, you know, because you just get to, you know, you get to know, like, I was, it's funny. It was actually, we were, I was having Thursday night points, right? Last night, we meet, uh, there's a couple of us that we meet and we were, we were chatting and all the, the, there was four, four guys and three of them have all gone, went to single sex schools and they were all talking about, some of them have boys. And they're talking about where they're going to send their boys, you know, are they going to send them to a single sex school or a mixed school? And I was just like, I'm the biggest advocate of going to a, a mixed school. And they're like, why? And I was like, I'll give you an example right now. It's like, how many of you have really good mates that are girls? And there wasn't any of them. Zip. Interesting. And I've, I've loads of buddies from, from Newbridge College still. Really good buddies. Wow. That are, sorry, that are all girls. Uh, I've, um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I was like, you know, after first year, second year, everyone's kissed everyone. You kind of get past that awkwardness. And then you go through all the awkward stuff as well as teenagers with each other. And, and you just, it, it definitely um, just, I don't know, gave me a very different perspective on things. So I, I made you, I don't know, I, I don't know, made me feel anyway that I could be a lot more myself. Cool, good. Yeah, give embrace both sides of your personality. Yeah. Um, has it has it been different, like having a girl? As you you're you're you have a daughter, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Harper. So, what's her name again? Harper. Harper. So, it, like, has having Harper has that further educated you again on like, because you're now a house with like two thirds women and one third men. Does I'm that, in the minority here. Growing up, you had like your dad was in the army. Your two little older brothers were like rugby guys. Yeah, a very like male dominated. I'm sorry, I know there's women in the house. Oh yeah, very strong women too. Okay, interesting. Okay, yeah. And, and oh, yeah. do you think that? <laughs> okay, there's a story in that. <laughs> More than one. Yeah, well, like, my, well, my sister, my sister, like, fuck, man, she can like. Sorry, I should be cursing, but like she can, okay. she can, we'll put a warning. <laughs> she can deal it out. Like, um, like you know, before I came along, it was she was the youngest, and she had two older brothers who literally kicked the shit out of each other, and probably right. gave her a couple of whacks as well. Because like when you're when you're kids, like 
it doesn't feel as like a man it's all one. you know it's all the same like when when they're yeah. like you know five six seven like what you, they're all just in the mixer together you know um and actually, ironic, my mom used to run a crash in our house and that was the same. Just all the kids are just messing with each other. Now, obviously, you know, when people get a bit bigger, or a bit older, you, you know, you uh, have to have conversations with people. But anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, and my mom was very, very uh, like my dad was posted abroad quite a bit. So mom was uh, a lot of the time was like running the house on her own. So she had to be strong willed to kind of yeah. have like if my I'm not the biggest in my family. My the oldest brother is the biggest, Graham. Uh he's about like I'm six three, Graham six five, easy. Um okay. he's the biggest. Uh so like she had to kind of look after him and Richard, who's about similar kind of size to me. So she had to kind of yeah, you know, pull the reins in on two of them. She yeah. was well able for it, like well okay. able. Well, um but yeah, sorry, with Harper it's it's I was scared shit. Well, A, I was scared shitless having a kid. And then B, um, like with a daughter, I was like, like, I know what I know. It. Like, kind of like what you were saying, um, uh, Lydia, isn't it? Lydia. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I was going to say Linda for some reason. I don't know why I was going to say Linda. Um, but like, you know what you know, right? So you kind of, you like, I know what a boy goes through and yeah, yeah. everything, you know what I mean? Um, but like I was like I don't know, daily squat. Um, but it's been it's been really fun. I've learned I've been learning how to put clips in. I've been learning how to put bobbins in the hair. Um, in your hair, I presume. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, actually, I woke up the we woke up the other day and we're having coffee in the morning. And um, sorry, we woke up in in our bed and um, I was brushing my teeth. My wife comes into me. She's like, "You know, you've got a pink clip in your hair." <laughs> I was like, it's now getting to that stage where I'm not even noticing if she's putting anything in my hair and I fall asleep with it in it and I wake up. So I was just like, can you just always just check as I go out the door just to make yeah, sure yeah, yeah. I don't I don't have anything in me? But um yeah, no, don't it's, it's called it's, like Bing Flanagan with his uh, his trousers <laughs> not not in the right place on his Zoom chat. <laughs> <laughs> it's look, it's been it's been um it's been great, you know. Um like but yeah, I I I, I suppose do do I do things any differently? No. Um, um, do I think, you know, myself, my wife have to kind of divide and conquer. Like you do, you talk and deal with this. I talk and deal with that. Not, not really, not, sorry, not at all. I, we, we, that hasn't come up. Um, you know, she is, she is very much a, a, as it stands now, a, a girly girl. Um, like she's in pink and stuff the whole time. Um, I'm not allowed to dress her. I dressed her once and she was, I wear a lot of black and white and I dressed okay. her completely in black. And, uh, <laughs> then, and that wasn't appreciated. And then the second time I dressed her, I didn't know the difference between leggings and tights. And I apparently put leggings on that are too hot or something. I don't know. I'm getting an, so I'm getting an education and all that kind of stuff. But sorry, come back to the real, like the important question of like um, raising a girl and being a, a man, let's say that's come from a very... Um, male dominated type of environment sport um yeah like i i just want to you know you just in terms of an example i just want to say a good example because like you you kind of it's it's like i suppose it's kind of like i said like kind of like driving a car or something like that you know where you you kind of show them the basics but like you know 
they, they, they kind of got to learn themselves along the way, but you're, you're there a hundred percent and, and you kind of try and impart some, some, some good values on them or good examples. But at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of, they'll be the person they'll be. Um, you just kind of hopefully set a good example that they want to kind of move towards, I suppose. Um, that's the I'm best really way. Impressed. <laughs> I'm really impressed because I think before we asked that question, I think we were much more interested in the answer because I thought the answer would bring out like a great inner conflict, but it's really clear from chatting to you that you're whatever it is that the paradigms you've come through haven't really rocked your inner barometer. You're kind of your own, and obviously there's a, you, you, I mean, you obviously have great parents. You can, you can kind of hear that there's, there's a nice balance to the, to the two sides of your personality. So fair dues. Um, yeah, like, I mean, like, I mean, sorry, like, we always say, like, myself, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's, you know, we're lucky, you know, it's myself, my wife are, are you know, we're together and, and, and there's, you know, many kids kind of only have one adult or they, they might not even have any of their parents uh, around. Um, but, you know, we kind of make a concerted effort to, like, my, uh, my wife always says, I'm, I'm the kite, she's the rock. And that's not a bad thing. You know, okay. I'm, I'm kind of like very optimistic and I kind of think in big picture type creative stuff and and um you know my wife is 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 really good at at nailing detail and and really good at kind of putting plans in place and stuff like that so we complement each other kind of kind of well and you know that causes conflict I suppose like anything but constructive conflict um but it's it's it makes for a really good balance when uh when we have her, but like, I mean, it's even like, I remember one time people straight away were like, Oh, I think they were trying to make a thing of it kind of going when she was born. Like, are you going to let her play rugby or, you know, all this sort of stuff. And I was like, I should do what she wants. If she wants to play it, like go for it. If she doesn't, so what? Like if she was just wants to paint all day, she's going to paint all day. I mean, um, I do think you might, I might have to like, I'm not going to say push her into things, but I'm going to have to like, bring her to things to do that she might not necessarily want to do and let her try it. Like, I think, I think we've got to try a lot of things. Um, and if you try it, you don't like it, grant, you know what I mean? But I think we, I think that's, you need, you do need to bring a bit of um, variety and diversity yeah. to the situation uh, in all aspects, not just sport, but in everything. Um, so and that's the best of, thing we can do. So sorry, speaking of variety and diversity, is she a good eater? What's your food like yeah. thing at home? How does, how does that all go? She eats everything. She's a horse. Um, <laughs> she, yeah, she eats everything. She, uh, like, I was laughing. I was like, I, like, okay, I, I was raised in ace. It was like, you know, meat, you know, potatoes and something green or something orange, usually on the plate. Yeah. And one day I was there and she was like having a, a chaya seed pudding for breakfast, a mango chaya seed pudding for breakfast. And I was like going like, she's already eating better than me. She's not even two yet. I was like, Bloody hell. um, but yeah, she, like we, she tries everything. Um, again, uh, Sheena, my wife was amazing. Um, when we were moving her over to solids, um, like majority of the time, everything was, um, was made from scratch, uh, with real food. Um, and that kind of continues now. Um, cool. Yeah, so she eats, we have her eating everything, really. Um, and yeah, she gets treats as well and all that sort of stuff. Like, I mean, we, it's not like we rule anything out on her, if I'm honest. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what about your own kind of life nutritionally and stuff like that? 
do you are you strict because i mean obviously being a rugby player as an athlete there there's a lot of strictures put on you and i know you hear a lot of people talk about cheat days and stuff i'm not a mad fan of the idea of this like black and white good day bad day thing i don't know what you do well i i suppose um it comes back to that thing when I was talking to you about like, so let's say my, my philosophy when it comes to uh, coaching someone in performance or in, in, in wellness, where you're kind of going, <clears throat> you know, my definition of, of or, or my, you know, my definition of what good nutrition looks like doesn't necessarily mean it's the right one for you, you know what I mean? in your lifestyle and, and vice versa and all that sort of thing. Um, but if you, if you're looking I will give you an example of me, but I just wanted to give that caveat. Um, <laughs> but I, I suppose for me, it, it's, it's, um, it depends on the type of training that I'm doing. So um, training is a big part of me. I think it, it's very important for me to exercise, um, you know, as well as all the good endorphins and just all around goodness for your body that it does. Um, it's a really good headspace for me because in a really way, I know how to train because that's what I did. So it's almost like... Um, still feeling like you have a sense of control Mm. um in 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 a somewhat chaotic environment um and i like that and and it makes a part part important my day but i do phase it throughout the season as i still call it like throughout the year in terms of i might be looking to uh put size on i might be looking to trim down i might be looking to um try a different be training for something for a specific reason so right now i'm trying to kind of put a bit of muscle back on because obviously we weren't able to get to to gyms and 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 i wasn't able to lift weights because they were all closed for the last couple of months so now i'm basically monday through to friday i'm operating about three and a half thousand calories um mainly loaded uh heavily on protein and fat and kind of morning to lunchtime and then in the evening time that's where you get your carbs but it would generally be uh whole foods mostly um bar really vitamins in the morning and some essential amino acids around training and that's that's kind of that's about it now i I do a lot of sorry and then on the back of that i would have a 24-hour feasting window um so that's what you know people would class as a cheat day i'll probably go from you know saturday lunchtime through to sunday lunchtime um or saturday dinner to, i just i just i don't really watch the macros and i just eat whatever i want sure. kind of thing um and then once a quarter um i usually um, i do it once a quarter sometimes I do it once a month well once a quarter i'll do um a three-day fast and once a month i'll do a 24-hour fast as okay well. Yeah. Cool. Lily's been playing around with fasting. I've been sort of doing intermittent fasting for about, I like seven or eight years. Like going yeah. So normally, if I'm not doing a building phase like now, yeah, I would do, I would, do, I, I would, like, I would do an eight-hour intermittent fast. I'd be eight-hour okay. window most days. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's your choice. How does your wife enjoy that approach to life as well, or is, is, is there? Oh, she doesn't do that. No. no. <laughs> um, <laughs> she thinks I'm mad. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. It's it's tough though, like I mean, because it can be quite. Um, see, when you look at the science of fasting, you're better off doing it eating in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. And it's more effective if you if if you have breakfast and lunch and maybe not dinner, but it's quite antisocial if you do it that way, you know. And yes. so, like, how do you fit it in? You know what I mean? So, as much as I'd like to do the breakfast one, I, it just doesn't work for me from a um, kind of 
lifestyle point of view and um, because you end up like not eating with your family at all which i think is a really important thing that we have dinner while harper's having food even if she's in her baby chair or whatever like that she pretty much eats everything off our i don't know what it is with kids they're like apparently the food on your plate is way more nicer than their their food on theirs but anyway <laughs> What's, do you uh, never have the thing of wanting somebody else's chips they're always more tasty <laughs> <laughs> if they don't count right if it's off someone <laughs> yeah. else's plate yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh yeah no so that's kind of uh, I, i'm a big advocate of it and i think i think look you have to be careful with it and and i i have to be i will have to be careful of it for going forward because you know i i don't want to form a bad habit or a bad perception of fasting or food around um my daughter that is one thing i'm really worried about because i i like i never had any kind of um body issues um but like it's it does not that it freaks me out because it's it's i don't know what i don't know do you know what i mean and i just know that what i do know is that it it seems to be more of a problem for girls particularly when they hit teenage years and stuff like that and i'm just like whoa like i don't so when the when i say the fasting whenever i post about it sometimes i get people coming back saying you're setting a really bad example people um you know people who have body issues they don't need to be seeing this and you're kind of going like well actually just i don't mean for that there's a lot of really good science behind fasting and the reasons you're doing it is because of autophagy and wellness and cleaning up bad cells and all that sort of thing but then like when someone says that to me i go oh my god in 10 years time shit i better be setting a good example i think it's really interesting isn't it and like it's something that i'm really conscious of as well um like i have a very small social media presence compared to someone like you but i'm really conscious of like always wearing the actual yoga clothes that I do wear when I'm doing yoga that are usually covered in cereal or whatever stuff that I've been mucking around with my son in and not wearing like some kind of a crop top and smart fancy yoga pants thing or doing yoga in some kind of fancy environment outside or on the beach which isn't actually what my yoga practice looks like when I have a young family and that's what my life is because I really want to represent to people like these are our lifestyles and health and wellness is a part of what is your life and how can it fit into your daily life? It doesn't have to be some kind of, um, you know, the best, you know, the perfect place and the perfect body and the perfect clothes and all these things to fit into it. And I think now it's really hard because when you put stuff up on social media, there's this instant response that people either go, oh, I should be doing that. Or they go the other way and go like, well, why are they saying that thing? Are they saying that what I do isn't the right thing? And I think mm. with fasting, it's kind of an interesting one, isn't it? Because especially like when you look at kids' diets, I mean, they eat, uh, everyone's family's different, but like my son would eat around seven o'clock at night and he usually won't eat breakfast again till eight or especially mm. now with coronavirus stuff we're at home and like he watches a bit of tv in the morning it might be like nine before he's eating breakfast and that's just a natural fasting window it's not like i'm mm. going here child you can't eat any food now i'm putting you on a diet it's just like what they naturally do and i think when we're mimicking those things to bring it back to those basics and go like well actually this is just how we ate as children mm. like to give our body a rest mm. period is really really normal it's not about denial it's about going like we need some space in all the parts of our life, whether they're like our training practices or our family life or anything. Space is really important. It's funny. And, and then trying to talk to people or uh, about it, um, they straight away go like, it, they see it as like, oh, when I'm not allowed to eat for this amount of time, you know what I mean? And it's trying to reframe that. Like, I'd be like, oh, like I, I never say, I never say like, I'd very rarely say, 
oh, I fast. I was like, I, I just, my eating window is this. And this is, you know what I mean? I just try, like, it's like, you still eat the same amount of calories. Um, still eat now, you know, if you're eating crap, you, the result or the output isn't going to be great. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you still got to watch the quality of your food just because you intermittent fast doesn't mean it's going to, you know, solve everything for you. There's, there's, there's yeah. a bit of a, a bigger macro picture, but it is something I I'm quite, uh, conscious of and, and, um, fascinated around a lot of stuff around like, um, watching blood, your blood glucose levels while fasting. Mm-hmm. And then, um, the effects of things like sea swimming or, or, or cold, um, cold therapy, the effects of that on blood sugar and, and all those sort of different things. And it's, uh, fasting though has definitely been one of the most effective tools so, or not like, like intermittent fasting is definitely one of the most effective sustainable tools that I have found in terms of, uh, of having in your, your, your kit bag when it comes to uh, wellness. I always find as well with fasting, I remember when I started it, it kind of, it drove me slightly bonkers because you get like those initial kind of low blood sugary things. Yeah. That sort of feeling. And I've so much forgotten that now that if I have like whatever a week on holidays where I start to have like more indulgence or whatever, and, and I get out of that routine for, for a long time and I get like either like low blood sugary or like hangry or those sorts of feelings are so alien. It's like, it's an amazing thing because it stabilizes energy, like clarity and energy in a way that I, like I've never experienced any supplement or anything else that can do it just in that. And it's something about, I think like you're talking about that control environment where you're kind of, you go to work out because you know, it's an environment where you, you know that you can feel the four walls beside you. It's yeah. kind of the same with fasting. You're applying some kind of like, checks and balances that you nobody else can influence in a way mm. uh, and do you do, do you, you you do you meditate as well do you do, you do other yeah yeah most well? most mornings like the weekends get a little bit hectic um yeah. so I, I i might lose that and if i don't do it in the morning it won't get done uh, so yeah. that's m- most like monday to friday you can count me most days getting it getting that in weekends a little bit trickier okay. and where did you come across that when did you start meditating was it during your career oh wow like- uh I would have started, oh, wow, I would have started back in when I, like, um, lived close to you guys in Rathmines. Right. I'd say, oh, 2014, 15? Okay. Yeah, good can, while, really, like, a long time ago. Can you remember what, what opened you up to the idea of it, or were you always kind of curious? Um, well, like, okay, I'll give you a background. So what I did in, in college was medical mechanical engineering. So... I, I learned that the body is essentially a system and, and you can't, um, you can't separate. It didn't, it never sat well with me that people would separate body and mind. Okay. Um, I was like, it's all the one system, right? Different things do different. They do different things, but like, it's still the whole system. So I was a bit like, you can't disconnect the brain or the mind from the rest of it. So you're training, doing all this training around your body and, and, and getting in the best shape you can. Um, but I was like, okay, what can you do with your mind? So then I started experimenting initially with visual, uh, visualization. I found that very effective. It's actually quite ironic that a lot of studies have shown that um, when you visualize, like say doing drills, you're actually stimulating the same pathways than when you actually physically do it, right? So uh, I was going down the rabbit hole of science because that's what I know, right? So when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's what I need, okay? And then um, and that's, that got me onto meditation and calming the mind as such um, and then being able to control your kind of, I suppose, 
your thought process as such and, and kind of negative loops and stuff like that. And I found it just very good at, at, at calming mind. And then you started seeing signs come out around it, around what it does to your, um, your, your body uh, from physical uh, perspective as well. Um, and, and it all kind of made sense. And that's kind of why I, I started doing it. And um, I don't do, I, I kind of applied a, um, the, the compound effect, you know, of, of doing a little, a lot. So, um, I do 10 minutes. That's all in the morning. Um, no more, no less. When I, when prior to having a kid, I probably, I would, sometimes I might do 15 minutes or 20 minutes, but like 10 minutes in the morning. Perfect. Um, you know, do a tiny bit of journaling in the afternoon or in the evening just to kind of get whatever's in your head out. And then that's, 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 that I'm not doing a lot of visualization right now because I don't, um, I'm not playing rugby. I don't feel like yeah. I need to, but I, what I, in a really weird way, what I do is I look, I look here because I, I have a big whiteboard and I, I, instead of closing my eyes and visualizing whatever I need to be thinking about or planning, I, I I'm quite visual. So I just write it out, write it out, write it out, write it out and diagrams okay. to beat the band and mind map it. So that's what I do now. So cool. have you found, so it sounds like you do a fair bit of kind of like body metric management or like, <laughs> yeah, I'll have a die hard to me. Yeah. <laughs> do you and do you have a like a whoop strap or an aura ring or what do you use out of interest? I both. Are you both? Oh cool. Oh interesting. I thought I saw a ring and I wasn't sure if you were going lefty righty yeah. wedding ring or <laughs> No, 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 that's that's my that's my ring that's there. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I actually I first got the aura ring. Um I have the aura ring a long time now. Um and I found them I actually find I think this is the best one the best out of all the different trackers this is i think the best the best one the most practical just my i am not endorsing any product i bought them all no no i know i, I realized we're before before people give out and um, yeah. no people are always giving out right but um i find the best because you put it on is really good battery life and you don't even have to think about it okay and um, the downside with the whoop i find is to get the most out of it you got to be constantly opening the app when you're training and all that sort of thing and yes I'm having these problems. It's on my wrist. It's annoying. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And it, but but this, the the live feedback that it gives you is great, right? Mm-hmm. And it's also really good. Like you can't do it under Aura, where you can just you can break out the session and okay, how did you know? How did your heart rate go on during the session? Did it go up? Did it go down? Whatever. Um, that's really good. Um, okay, yeah. But I'm still kind of undecided on it. If I if, yeah. if it's if it's I'm tricky, honest. isn't it? I'm, do you ever find you do too much and end up just like measuring? Because one of the things I found, HRV was really interesting to me for years and years. I can't and get my was... HRV up. It's driving me fucking mad. Really? Yeah. That's very yeah. interesting. Ooh, yeah. that's, I, I have things I want to talk to you about. Things going to be like, hmm, let me consult you. I'll, I'll, I'll send you some stuff. Well, things that I found that are really interesting. Have you heard of the Apollo Neuro? No. Okay, I'll send you a link to that uh, after I just got one at the start of lockdown. It's like a little neuro, like a PEMF device, a neurofeedback device. Yeah. Um, that I got during COVID, and it like I've had HRV, really crappy HRV that climbed out of like at, like after I was I was off quarantine for a while, and it was like in the forties and then fifties, and I've had like seventies and eighties with the Apollo Neuron. It's interesting. I don't know. Anyway, okay. again, no endorsements, but curiosity. Um, but yeah, anyway, send you some stuff on that. Um, yeah, no, and it's funny because I but but speaking of macro, I do I do track a lot, right? Because what doesn't get doesn't get uh, what gets measured gets managed. You know what I mean? So, um, 
like I, I thought like the, my, my coaching philosophy as such is kind of like, you know, for me, it's based on like physical fitness, financial fitness, most fitness. And I would have a plan in each one and I would be moving towards a very, a very clean um, specific goal on them. And, I'm, and right now with physical fitness, I'm kind of saying, right, I'm going to, we're moving towards like four weeks ago, uh, no, we're three weeks into it now. Sorry, uh, you know, took a picture. So you, you have evidence of what you look like front and side, and then you got skin folds all taken, took the body weight. Um, and so you have very clean metrics of, okay, we're going to reduce skin folds down by X and body weight is going to be, we're going to aim for Y. And the, like, cause the main goal for me is not, is to kind of pack on muscle. But one of the funny things is that every so often that probably, once a quarter, maybe if not once a quarter, every half a year, I, I get bloods taken. So I go, I go to, um, oh, I'll, I'll open this one up because I haven't used it yet. Oh, cool. Um, so these guys, this Irish company, uh, where is it? Uh, okay, cool. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Again, I buy these. Um, so let's get checked. Initially, you see that everyone thinks it's ST, STIs, and that's where they started. Yeah. Um, but uh, they do everything. They, they with a pinprick, they'll take, um, they'll take your cholesterol, hormone levels, um, mineral levels, all sorts of really good stuff. Um, okay. So they can do they do sex hormone, sex hormone levels and like steroid hormones, like cortisol and stuff as well, or, or not so much? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, while we're talking, I can quickly look it up, but, um, I'm just curious. Yeah, no, no, there's, there's a load of really interesting stuff on it. Right. And so exactly. It was really interesting because I, I here in the house during COVID, I had an assault bike, a ski erg, a couple of kettlebells, a skipping rope and a couple of dumbbells. Right. But all I was doing like five times a week, was hit training, just hit training, hit training every day, hit training, hit training, like 30, 40 minutes of hit training, which is great, but you absolutely fry the body. Right? <laughs> yeah. We were just talking about this before. Yeah. She just kind of started a hit thing and she hates it. Well, like hit, hit training is really, really good for you. Right. But like, if yeah. you, if you do it, if that's all the type of training you're doing, it actually will fry your body out, mm-hmm. even though you might feel good. And, and it came through on my HRV during COVID and it came through on the bloods that we, we did in terms of the different, where your different hormones are at. Um, and so now I have a very clear goal on what I'm working towards in terms of, um, like I'm, ju- I'm mainly five days, a week, uh, six days a week, now just lifting, right? Just okay. kind of um, doing strength, doing, doing weights, not doing really any cardio, not doing any sort of fitness, and that's fine. It's just, it's really interesting to watch the HRV because your body's kind of like, but you still got to do recovery type stuff. So anyway, sorry, I'm digressing, but I'm basically saying, yes, I track a lot, but I, I kind of track not as much as I used to. Um, but I do track a, a lot, like top line, most of the stuff off your, your whoop or your aura ring, which is like HRV, uh, resting heart rate, body temperature, um, respiratory rate, uh, activity rate. Uh, and then I would take my blood pressure once a week because I have, where's it gone? Oh, it's over there. I have one of the, the, we, the white Weedium's ones that you stick on the arm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, take my blood pressure. That will also do a quick ECG test on you as well. And then um, my blood's once uh, every half a year. And, it's, um, it's, like, it's like you're the guy who, you're like the mechanic who owns the garage, brings his own car in, does it himself. <laughs> like, no yeah, yeah. Fine. And I, I work quite, I work really closely with a guy. Um, 
I, I'm very lucky that I'm, I, have, I have a great community of trainers that I have, have had access to over the last couple of years that are really good to me still. And different guys have different specialities. Um, you know, I, there's a couple of them, like Rob Sweeney, who are actually from um, Rath Mines, um, yeah. St. Mary's boy, he would have played in Lancer. I've worked with him during COVID um, on training, working with a guy called uh, Owen Lacey quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I worked with him throughout the years and uh, owns really, really knowledgeable on, mm. on everything. Um, He's a brain he helps me. Yeah. He helps me a lot on the, on the hormones, the minerals, uh, the metrics that matter type thing. Um, and training right now. Um, who else? I, there's loads of guys that I could go to Reese Rodock from, or not Reese, Reese, Reese Rodock's brother. Um, okay. who is, uh, in that gym FFS. I don't know if people have heard of oh, that, yeah. but he yeah. also, he also um oh, sorry what do. does ffs stand for i always thought it's like bitter faster or stronger okay not, it's like ffs for me only means one thing i've never there we go thank you for that there you go uh, i only know that because my wife went to, my wife uh used to go to that gym and oh, then crazy. um you know so his brother is in in he, he also trains the irish senior team uh, in rugby yeah. then there's the coaches there and then there's obviously the coaches in, in leinster that i still get access to from time to time so i'm, I'm very lucky that yeah, I have that you're, resource. Do you, well have, do you have like um, sort of conscious rest periods built in in terms of like, so in yoga, we have like yang yoga and yin yoga. And it's really important to make sure that as much as you're doing yang yoga, so the more active cardio based yeah. vinyasa flow things, you're also doing yin for sort of ligament and fascia areas of the body and like constructive rest, I guess. What, like, what sort of things like that do you have built into your program in terms of wellness? Um, so I obviously would have had way more when I was a pro um, and I would have had a way more toys. I've actually given most of those toys away at this stage because uh, I just don't need them the whole time. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I would still put a big emphasis on recovery. So I'd make sure I'm usually getting seven, eight hours sleep a night. Um, very lucky our daughter's been a great sleeper since day one. So I know, sorry, you look at, you're looking, yeah, that. you're looking at me like you're, you're, you're the parent of a child that wasn't fantastic sleeping wise. Um, so we're very lucky with that and very protective of, of getting good sleep. Um, uh, would, I suppose nutrition, hydration comes into it in a massive way in terms of recovery. And then one thing that I, I, I stay on top of as well as, like so you got to remember in while i was playing i was getting like i'll give an example of a playing week and a recovery front i was getting three hour-long massages a week oh, uh, i was also getting um a fascia release uh session mm. um and then i would be doing i was doing a form of cold therapy you know or sauna basically mm. I, I, I fucking love the sauna um mm. And I'd be doing them quite regularly as well. Now, well, it's hard to find a sauna that's open in gyms right now because of just the way it is. You've got get one. your own. <laughs> get your own. Well, we, look, it's on my, it's on my, it's on my wish list. I'm not. I like little old me managed. To, I, I spent a long time thinking about it. I do a lot of like similar to you, a lot of research around hot and cold therapy and all that sort of stuff. And Walter Longo and all these people are, yep. are, are big ref, reference points for me. And eventually, I decided I was going to get like a little secondhand seven hundred euro one off done deal. And you know, you start down these rabbit holes and you kind of go, well, I could just get the 700 quid second, but I don't know if it breaks down. I've got no comeback. And anyway, it worked itself into like a brand new clear light infrared 
far oh, you went, yeah you went so you went to infrared route to plug it into yeah. the wall job yeah and honestly if, no not plugging the wall like it's a full walk-in yoga sauna and i built a barn oh. to fit it into in the back garden That's yeah impressive. so when it went quite it got quite serious definitely in the end it was like well, sort of all the savings went on this thing um, but but i absolutely love it and for all the like initially i would get in and i'm so used to having i was used to having saunas where you, know, you get in you have that burning lung thing you like that you get this heat in the environment that makes you feel like, okay, this is challenging, blah, blah, blah. And you don't have that with infrared, I think which turns people off at an issue because they're like, I'm not, this isn't hot enough. Yeah. But my God, yeah. in terms of recovery, like, wowie, like it's so good. And HRV and all those things. Uh, I've had more um, dry sauna exposure than infrared sauna. Yeah. Um, and I've actually recently, the guy who I go for the fascia release. So, sorry, to come back to what I was saying, um, uh, now I kind of take, I try and take a week out of every month where I might dial down the training a touch, but up the recovery mass in, in a big way. So I'll go and I'll go see uh, a physical therapist and get sorted out. So he'll go, he'll do deep kind of tissue work on me. And then I'll go see um, someone for a fascia release, a stretching right. kind of fascia release uh, session. And then you know, I, I would, I kind of go deep then on, on maybe just get loads of cold exposure in that week or loads of heat exposure. Um, cause I kind of tend to be kind of cyclical with them all as well. I think, I think I like dialing them up and dialing down. I just don't know. It, I, I like your body's really smart, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it, it, it gets used to things. So yes. that's why I, I always use the season analogy when, when dealing with coaching with clients in terms of dialing, you know, your strengths up or dialing, you know, the, the stress might get dialed up at a certain time in the year. And you've, you know, you, you've got to ride that wave and, and know what's coming and put things in place to help you manage that. But also then on the flip side, you've got to either reward yourself or rebalance yourself or recalibrate yourself mm. through something else. Um, and so that's what I try and do to answer your question, uh, Lydia, that's what I try and do once, uh, like one week a month, um ideally it doesn't always work out like that sometimes it works out every six weeks or so but you know you try and fit it in like i i i would map out the month and i would try and address it down when i'm mapping out the month basically and but you know that would get factored in as well that recovery week as well could be spending more time you know having a date night could be having a you know a day or half a day it was just you and you know you and your kid or whatever you know or spending with a friend so recovery can happen in a couple of different ways as well mm. What a well-rounded human. We better, we better wrap <laughs> yeah. up. Magic, magic uh, I've got plenty of faults. Plenty of faults. <laughs> Tell us about them. <laughs> no, well, even, even like, I mean, I suppose I try and, I try and hack things where I can, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. I'm lucky right now I'm at a, I'm at a standing desk. Um, yeah. oh, cool. You know, um, because again, you know, we all got to work, right? And we all got to do something or whatever. But I was like, okay, how do you, how can you adapt your environment to, to, get the benefits while 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 working so standing uh, for them is yeah. is one of them um, and any any podcast or, or call like this that i do uh, i'm straight away i'm standing up and Smart. yeah it's all it's well they say you're more awake there. as well your brain's a lot more alive to what's going on around you when you're mobile yeah well it's, it's actually really uh, i i kind of work with a company on this called um sit stand but they're the same guys who do yo-yo desks which are kind of stand i have a yo-yo desk here and they do ones that you can kind of um put on a desk that adapts and kind of goes up and down or you can buy well what i have is an electric one that goes up and down oh wow 
Um, but like, it's, it's, it's just the studies, you know, he kind of went um, deep on it down the rabbit hole of standing desk yeah. and, and, and kind of, I suppose, wellness in a business environment as such. And they show like, if you were standing in the morning, uh, post you know, breakfast in work or whatever, like it help, it'll help drop your blood sugar a whole lot quicker than just mm. sitting, which makes sense. Cause then there's a whole lot of studies around going for walks after your dinner to help, um, kind of, uh, null that spike in insulin, um, after yeah. your feeding. Yeah. Big time glycemic response stuff. Cool. Well, listen, thank you so much, man. I mean, I have like a million more questions. Can we do like three versions of this? <laughs> like, I tell you what, why don't, why, why don't we go, okay, give me, Give me like 10 quick fire round questions just to round it off. Okay, so you wrote an open letter to yourself. Um, if you were to write a, a letter to your daughter to yeah. give her three pieces of advice um, for her life. Yeah, three pieces of advice for her life. What would they be? Talent is nothing without discipline. Um, That's the first one that comes to mind. As my dad always said to me, um, my mission uh, in life is to leave the jersey in a better place. Um, it's obviously a sport and analogy one, but it kind of quite applicable to pretty much anything. Just basically trying to do better and mm. and leave things in a better place for for the next person, next generation, whatever taking over. Um, that's why I'm, I, I've invested in a company that's that's trying to do big things in sustainable energy um then what would the third piece of advice um i don't know like be authentic or know yourself kind of somewhere in the middle mm -hmm. uh have you ever uh gone f it maybe i won't train anymore did you ever kind of like do you ever kind of like go i overtrained somewhere like ah, i'm done with this no, I really like training. I've, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I have the, I have the opposite problem. I've probably learned to dial it back. Um, okay. I like, but even when I played, you, you'd get end of the season, you get four or five weeks off at the end of the season. And I, I found it even hard not to train. I'd force myself not to train for 10 days and then I'd start training again. So the longest bar when I had, I've had two back surgeries. So bar them, and being forced, like they were a long time, they couldn't train. The first one, I wasn't, I didn't do anything for like three or four weeks. The second one was like six weeks. Um, they were the longest periods that I've gone when I trained in my life. Yeah. Tough. Um, if, okay, go. Uh, favorite teacher and least favorite teacher in school? You don't have to name the least favorite teacher, but maybe describe, you know. Least favorite teacher was my biology teacher in secondary school who actually kicked me out of my class in fifth year. Oh, you can name them then. <laughs> no, no, she was, she was, she, it was a she, she was bullying some of the girls in the class and I, uh, I wasn't having any of it. Um, and I got kicked out of the class for it. Uh, so I taught myself, well, I taught myself, I got a couple of grinds, but I pretty much had no teacher for sixth year in biology. Um, it was fine. I got, I love biology. Good. Okay. Um, okay. and then favorite teacher, favorite teacher. Um, were you like back at the class guy <laughs> i don't think i was all over it well i was i don't know i was all over the shop um my favorite <laughs> teacher would have been um oh man i don't know um i like father murphy he, he was a dominican priest and he taught us maths and physics 
and yeah he had a kind of he was he was he was he was a witty old fucker yeah he was a good cook. <laughs> do you do you cook food yeah what what is your favorite meal to cook for someone oh. romantic meal because uh, that's because that can be yeah. different things okay uh yeah like the favorite meal well, to I mean, like make someone feel warm and fuzzy oh i'll make my chocolate brownies all day long for someone yeah. and what are they like a traditional chocolate brownie or like a sweet potato brownie or a black bean no brownie? there's it's like terrible for you like, <laughs> <laughs> loads of sugar loads of butter uh it's absolutely appalling for you um but Co- it, cocoa powder or chocolate both both mm, interesting Nah, would you bother? I, uh, like, I, if, I mean, like, like, not really. But I suppose, like, uh, what do I make? Um, I do a bit of barbecuing at the back. I like the barbecue as well when I get the chance. I have, a, I have one of those Komodo Joe things at the back. So, oh yeah, um, yeah. That's what, um, in fairness, Sheena probably cooks a little bit more than me now. Um, but like I, I've, I've lived, I moved out of home when I was 17. So, uh, you know, I've kind of pretty much lived on my own since I was 22 until Sheena moved in. Sheena moved in when I was what, 28, 29, something like that. Okay. So, yeah. So what was the last book you finished and what was, what's your favorite book or most meaningful book to you? But the, the most meaningful one, I, we're not allowed to do a business one. No. So I suppose the last book <laughs> I read was this one because I'm... Oh. Um, where is the camera? There it is. Oh, okay. Coaching performance. Okay, fair enough. Sir John, who is it? Who wrote it? Uh, Sir John Whitmore. He's kind of like one of the, the godfathers of coaching. Okay. Uh, and that's that's because it's like, I suppose, part of my discipline to stay kind of up to date on that. Um, I listen to a lot of audiobooks now because I used to read a lot at nighttime because I'm so tired though by the end of the day with training and kids and all that sort of stuff. Um, I listen to audiobooks when I'm kind of walking or in the car quite a bit. So the last one, I'll check my phone while I'm talking to you guys. The last mm-hmm. one I read is um, The Infinite Game. And I'm nearly finished Tiny Habits. Infinite Game is... Infinite Game is spelled. Okay. Um, and then Tiny Habits is BJ Fogg. Okay. I know neither okay. of them. And right. then one of my favorite books um happy money actually i really like happy money that's a good book again i don't know them. we haven't done any of this this is great brilliant our we're library's com- already we're compiling like a list of um books from all the people that we speak to and we want to have like i, I should book. say i should say my my own book but like <laughs> it, it, ma- it makes for a great doorstopper as i say to people <laughs> <laughs> We gave you all the platforms to plug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but like that. So that'd be, yeah, I, I found Audible really good for um, just kind of the change in the dynamic in the house as such, you know what I mean? And, and a good little hack. Yeah. And um, what, uh, if you had ha- been like a completely different life, if your life had gone a completely different way, what is a job or a career that you would have loved to do? It doesn't necessarily have to be something you're actually good at. Something you're not good at, yeah, like not another sport, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Like, I, I like because I like coaching people so much, I, I'm you know, it obviously opens the door to psychology and mm. like that whole world and the mind. Um, and that would have been a fascinating area to get into, I think, in another mm. life because I like 
I, I, I love bio, I love biology in school. Um, and there's no surprise I did medical engineering. Um, I don't know if I would have liked to have been a doctor or a surgeon as such, like as in like a GP or in the yeah. hospital. But I think I like going deep on the research on the mind yeah. as a, a former neurologist or something or a psychologist would have been fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I think that's something probably that a lot of people probably take from you and will take from this podcast is your will. And I think when you have a will like you do, it's probably fascinating for you to see and understand people who don't have that same like innate drive and will within them and to see why people falter and then how to encourage them to get to that place where their mind is over their matter, so to speak, or whatever. Yeah, but you know, we, we're, we're all, we're full of unbelievable untapped potential at, mm -hmm. you know, at all times. And it, it's just trying to peel back the layers to, to, reveal that to 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 yourself or you know mm. or, or bring a person to reveal it to themselves um because once they do that and they see the strengths that they have and the potential that they have it's just a case of trying to connect the dots then you know in terms of you know don't look all the way up the stairs to the yeah. top where you want to get it's just first step and yeah. take that first step and then we'll yeah. worry about the next one that's the truth. I think we'll leave it on that. That's a great finish. Well, come here, look, I better go. Yeah. Um, good chatting and really enjoyed it. And I hope you got a lot from it. Loads. Yeah. Thank you so Thanks much. Too. It was magic. Thank you. No worries, guys. Bye. 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 Cheers. Bye-bye.